There's only one place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie, and folks, I am going there for lunch today, and oh boy, I can't wait. It's Bojo's. Plenty of locations in the Colorado area, and right now, if you go and you mention DNVR, you're going to get a free honey cheese bread to go along with your amazing Colorado mountain pie with the honey-infused crust. They've got pizza with green chili on it. It's truly a Colorado establishment and a place you should check out. So make sure when you go, like I am today, you use, you tell them that DNVR sent you and collect on your free honey cheese bread. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Make sure you use that code DNVR20 when you cash in on your Strava Craft Coffee. You get that rich, tasty CBD-infused coffee and get your day started right. Well, gentlemen, we uh, usually like to keep things to football on this podcast, but no one can resist some good drama, as you know, as I watch The Bachelor every week. <laughs> I can't resist some good drama. And today, some new drama has surfaced, courtesy of our friend Nikki Javala, about the Bolin children, all seven of them, and their quest for the throne. Wait, Wait what did you seven? say? All seven of them? What? Seven. Maybe it's eight. Well, it looks like it's eight. First of all, a, a very fascinating story by Nikki Javala, but whoever wrote the headline, I think, messed this up. Because it, the headline. the lead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The headline reads Family Feud, Bowen's Pick Sides in the Battle for Control of the Denver Broncos. And a lot of stuff that's in the story we know about. But the, the key thing in this story is. The revel, the revelation, or revelation, I don't know. I don't revelation. Revelation. Thank you. It's either it's, one would have worked for me, Mace. Yeah, the revelation of an eighth child of Pat Mullen. We've known about the seven children that he has: two with his first wife Sally Parker, five with his second wife Ambel Bowen. Well, now there is an eighth, a product of an extramarital relationship. She was born nice in 1988 when Pat Bowen was 44 years old. Her name is Alexandra Carey. She lives in Southern California. And according to the piece by Nikki Javala, this young lady was aware of Pat Bowen being her father. And Pat Bowen was involved in her life. But some of the siblings apparently did not learn of her existence until... A couple months later when she a was ago. Months ago, a couple months ago, right. after he died. Yeah, it came out in, in, in Arapahoe County District Court that she was an heir. And how did it exactly come out? How did they find out, according to the story? According to the story, they found out through the, 
through the some found out through the court filings that what happened was she went to the funeral. She was sitting in the back row, and it wasn't until two months after Bowen's children. This is from Nikki's story. Quote: It wasn't until two. Mo- months after Bowen's children walked past her that day and they learned her she, who she was when her name and the words daughter and heir appeared on Arapahoe County District Court documents. What a way to find out you have a sister. A sister that's your age, that's yeah. in your age yeah. group? She's, she's, she's part of the group. And She's 32 years old right now. What's Brittany? Did she just turn 30? Yeah. Right yeah. there. Could have been friends. Could be now. Could be. And apparently, according to the story, that's all she wants. But I believe it is notable that she was listed as daughter slash heir. Mm -hmm. I think that's very notable. That's massive. I feel like that really, if she wants a piece, that gives her a big crack in the door to walk right through, right? And why wouldn't she? Why would you not? I mean... This thing's a mess already. Think (laughs) about it. It's almost like she walked... Into a bar fight. There's bottles flying from left to right. She's like, hey, uh, drinks on me. (laughs) Well, if she is entitled to one-eighth of the team, which according to the story from Nikki Javala, she's not pursuing it. But let's say she is entitled to one-eighth of the team. Yeah, she can afford a few rounds of drinks and then some. (laughs) Listen, I know there's some lawyers out there who are telling her, you are definitely interested in your one-eighth share of the team. I promise you, you are interested in that. This is, I mean, we've joked that this should be a soap opera or a TV show or a, a docu-series. It's it a real life. Now. It will be now. It's a real-life dynasty. Back in the 1980s, you all, are you aware of that show? It was kind of a, it, it was basically in the genre with Dallas of primetime soap operas dealing with people who had wealth beyond imagination. Dynasty, though, was set in Denver. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yes. Pat just wanted to, to play it out in real life. It's a maybe. real life dynasty four decades later. Wow. <laughs> this is unbelievable. I, I hope that she gets what she wants out of this even if that is just she wants to be friends with Brittany and like sit in the suite with her <laughs> well that is interesting what? she was at games last year well she, she attended a game in la she attended a game in denver according to this story she did not comment on this article right right so she you, declined comment you yes. do wonder what comes now now she declined to comment but how did we find out that she's not interested in it's good. That's a good through question. sources close. The whole thing of sources close to her. <laughs> well, now you wonder. Now that it's public. Now that it's coming out. Maybe now she does say, "Yeah, whoa, whoa." Those sources. Though, though, that's not speaking for me. I do want Nathan to team. And even if she doesn't, this just throws another curveball in what was already. Some would say messy situation. Some would say an awful situation. Some would say a crazy situation that's going on. I would say a stronger word that I can't say on a family podcast, but the first two syllables are cluster. Mm. That's what this is. A stuff show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's interesting here is if she wants to muddy the waters a little bit, this could be the final straw for the NFL. Just being like, come, stop the madness. You know, like now there's another child who is 
wanting to get in. I mean, what she really should do is say she wants in on the ownership. It's exactly what she should do. And you know what? She would have a case for herself in terms of her background. What did Pat want? Pat wanted um, her, his kids to have um, a master's, right, or a secondary degree after college or something like that? Yeah, you have to have, uh, beyond the bachelor's, you have to have a, a master's degree some, degree, some kind of advanced degree. Okay, well, she has two of those. She graduated from SMU in 2010. Then she went to Drexel to get her master's of public health. So she has that one. Then right after she did that, she went to UCLA to get her master's of business administration. So she has two and one of them's on the business side and she's 32. And you know, if Brittany's what one of the uh, other options, she's 30. So it's not like that age could be, could be an issue. Okay. But all along, we have always said the job of the trust is to pick one of the seven children. In the legal documents of the trust, do we think it actually says pick one of the eight? It's a great question. And nobody knows this. Because except the, for the trust. Except for the trust. And so maybe because it's not like the kids would know, like the other seven kids. Clearly they it haven't was seen it. meant to be a secret from them. Wow. And Pat had a relationship with Alexandra, so that could make sense. But I feel like I've heard Joe Ellis use the number seven before. Maybe that's intentional. What if Joe accidentally a couple of years ago dropped eight? I'm sure that was probably intentional from him. Because you're right, he has used the, the number seven. So I guess he was just playing along, or maybe only one person knows, and it was, you know, if this ever comes out... Did Joe not know? You would assume that Joe knew because... His own kids didn't know. In Mace, will you share this part of the story from Nikki where it talks about how the um, how Pat's ex-wife found out about Yes, I, I will. But first, as far as tr- the current... According to the story, the current trustees knew. Okay. And even former trustees knew because the current trustees are different than the trustees were, say, 15 years ago because back then... Jim Schaefer, a longtime uh, business associate and friend of Pat Bowens, who had an office at Dove Valley. He was a trustee. So was Bill Britton, uh, someone who, who goes back with Pat Bowen to his days up in Alberta. So anyway, 15 years ago, speaking of which, according to the story, this is when Pat Bowen's first wife, Sally Parker, learned about the existence of the eighth daughter. It was at a cocktail party. Someone there thought that the the attend that he and Sally Parker had a mutual acquaintance and then you know how you make chick chat at parties mention the other woman's name Sally according to the story knew nothing of her and then this is how the dialogue goes weren't you married to Pat Boland the man asked of course Sally replied well that's his other child the man told her <laughs> so the, i mean this guy just drops that? Clearly. Well, he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't know that she doesn't know. Well, he, well, he surely says, does, that's yeah. Her, that's her other daughter. Yeah. Don't you think, like, that would be like, yeah, don't you was, think you'd say, like, oh, that's Alexandra, of and course, It's also you at a cocktail her. party, so it might, you might have had a few cocktails. Oh. By that point, you know, <laughs> loose lips sink ships. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Just when you thought this couldn't get any more insane. That, that's my reaction to this today. It's just un- it's unbelievable to me, one, 
that that the kids didn't know. Just in 2020, you know, if this was 1975, it's a lot easier to keep secrets. But if Alexandra, as the story claims, just wants to be friends with them, she could have reached out. But maybe she felt weird about that. How do you? But how do you open that conversation? Hey, um, we've never met, but you send I, an I, email with an incredibly enticing <laughs> subject line. Yeah. <laughs> More like, enticing than the headline on this story. Because yes, the headline yeah. should have involved something about eighth child of Pat Bolin. What would it be like? The, the subject line, something like, Brittany, I am your sister. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me, but I'm your half-sister. You want to you wanna get together and have a coffee or something like that? What would you do if you got an email like that? Would you believe it? No. I mean, especially if you're like a public figure like Brittany is. I would be like, let me guess. You have an inheritance of a billion dollars, <laughs> and you just need an American bank account to deposit it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You'd be asking for the DNA test, probably, if you're in. Because think about this: if she, let's say she does try to get one a one eighth share, that's taking money potentially away from these seven other siblings. If there's a sale. Yes, the subject line is, I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm 50% your sister. <laughs> Does it come down to that? Will, will she need to take a DNA test? Are we going to get all that in depth with no, this? No, because, oh, because she's, been named, she's already been named in the uh, documents. I mean, it's already yep. out there. Na- she's been named as heir and daughter legally. It's kind of, I mean, I guess it's up to Pat. He very well could have just said it's the seven children that are in the running and not her seven children that i love the most yeah i i I don't know maybe he thought she could stay in anonymity forever and there's also a chance but he put her in the documents which is crazy there's also a chance that maybe he gave her money before or something to to keep her out of this we don't know but what we do know is this just adds another wrinkle and i think ryan you mentioned it maybe this not this article right now, but if she does emerge as a third party in this, or she joins one of the two sides and it becomes even stronger of a, of a feud, maybe that's when the NFL and Joe Ellis says, no, <laughs> we've had enough drama up until now. Now this other wrinkle, we're just going to sell the team right now, especially because then we may get more exposed to Pat Bolin's personal life, and I don't think that's something that Joe Ellis wants. Um, and so he just may say, nope, before we go down this path any further, we're done. I always thought that Pat Bowen had seven children for John Elway, but really he had eight for Gary Kubiak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh. One for every Super Bowl appearance in the history of the Broncos. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Just making sure that the Phipps brothers and Red Miller and the Orange Crush are covered. And then that, so the, that that era of Broncos history that came before Pat Bowen is not forgotten. And then so the three <laughs> Super Bowl championships are for Drew Locke. Pat did that for Drew. Yes, exactly. All right, I see. I see how it all connects. But if Drew Locke leads the Broncos to a Super Bowl, that means you've got four for Case Keenum. Brett Rippon, I'd say. Mm. Four for Brett. Well, they'll have to find another child before the Broncos can go to their night. <laughs> oh my gosh. And who knows? Maybe the documents say that. Can you? I just. I want. I just want to see what the reaction was when they're reading through these documents. 
I mean, I mean, what would you think? I mean, if you're you're one of the children, you're looking through this, and all of a sudden you see eight rather than seven, and th- there's another daughter, another heir. I mean, uh, what's well, your reaction? What would be crazy is if you're looking at this document with your other siblings right there, being like, do you know who this is? Alexander Typo. And someone that knows the document saying they're like, no, that's not well, how do you let them find out in that way? <laughs> I don't know. How, what, what's the best way to find out? I don't know. Probably at, at the funeral would have been the best way to find like, well, you're dealing with a lot. That's though, an emotional the time. Like all this. Okay. It's a little more. You just had the funeral. <laughs> you're headed out to Hawaii to uh, scatter your father's remains in the Pacific she ocean. She should have been involved in that. Oh. Yeah. She, she the interesting thing is she was there, and that was an invitation only funeral. And she was in the back row. I mean, that's just yeah. that. Like that is that's like a Hollywood type script right there. I don't know how this doesn't turn into a documentary. Yeah. So Beth Beth Bolin Wallace and Amy Clemmer, the two oldest children of Pat Bolin, the ones from his first marriage with Sally Parker, they have actually traveled to Los Angeles, according to the story, to spend time with Alexandra Carey. In the past few months? Yes. Since finding out? Mm-hmm. Who has? Beth Bolin, Wallace, and Amy Clemmer. So is that some recruiting? Oh, yeah, they're recruiting her. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want her on Team Brittany. <laughs> you want her on Team, uh, team Young? Yeah, yeah, she's with <laughs> 35 us. 35 and under. <laughs> And she uh, attend. She attended. She's the on the game U35 against, team. <laughs> yeah. And she was. And she attended the Lions game back in December, with oh, her husband. Oh, so she's on the Drew Lock train. <laughs> wow. But she has not had any communication with Annabelle Boland's family to this point. I wonder if she, like, at least one other Boland child, listens to this podcast. That would be awesome. Maybe commenter. What do you think her name is? If an A. Carey shows up tomorrow. Interesting. 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 <laughs> I, I just, I don't know what the next step is here. I mean, truly, I, now that this story is out, I guarantee you there will be very well-known lawyers reaching out to her saying, listen, <laughs> you definitely want your 1-8 share and in fact you want to be the controlling owner of the Denver Broncos I will do this uh, for no I will take on this case for no money up front <laughs> maybe a little at the end is is there is she at a disadvantage right now for not throwing her hat in the running like why should why should she not throw her hat in the running I mean maybe she doesn't want it it's po- yeah, it's possible that, you, she, that she just well, wants to I step guess... back and, and cash and, and basically just kind of cash in the uh, dividend checks. I mean, I, I worked with the Panthers, and Jerry Richardson had three children, and two of them were involved in the day-to-day, and one was not involved but was you know listed as a partner and was very happy to just kind of you know, take the checks and, and occasionally come in and help out. But let's say, let's say she does want it because clearly she's a very motivated um, individual. Let's say she does want it. Is she? She hasn't worked for the Broncos yet, which is something that that needs to happen, as we know. But I'm sure she could easily find a role with the Broncos tomorrow, right? 
They, I mean, they can create positions for anybody. I mean, how many vice presidents are there? We found out from Iceman. <laughs> there's like tw- 34 vice presidents <laughs> in the company right now. Jeez. So why not make it 35? It's really interesting. Like I said, there's no way she shouldn't be trying to get one eighth at the very, very least. Right. Let's see. And then I get that's why she would be on the Beth Bull and Wallace side, because that's all she wants is her one seventh slice. And then get out. Yeah. Like, get it right now. Like, we, you know, in in principle, she's saying she wants to be the controlling owner. She knows she's not going to be that. So she's, in my opinion, trying to stir this all up so they force the sale of the team. And that's why they would be recruiting her to their side. They have, by the way, they have nine vice presidents. Oh. Actually, 10, because uh, Rich Slivka is an executive vice president as well as general counsel. So 10 vice presidents, two presidents, because one is president of football operations, Sean Elway, and a, C- a CFO and a chief commercial officer. A lot of positions. So are we saying the team's worth roughly... $3 billion. Let's assume $3 billion. $3 billion. If the If the team goes for sale, the NFL wants the three billion dollar number so let's say the team sells for three billion dollars they sell it and it's divided by the seven kids before taxes and everything the emergence of an eighth child if it is split eight ways instead of seven costs each child roughly 53 million dollars it's not that much. Not that, not that bad, right? <laughs> well, probably not that much because remember... Two years of Kirk Cousins. Uh, well, Actually less. <laughs> John Bolin, the elder John Bolin, Pat Bolin's brother, still has some of his previous percentage. Remember he had to sell some of it okay, a Mr. few years Math, ago? Okay, getting technical it's a, So it's actually here. less. So they probably lose roughly, maybe, let's just ballpark it at, say, $49 million. So you find, you find out you have a... A new brother or sister, that's great, right? You're so happy at the expense of $49 million. <laughs> if she goes after her winning right, share. Right, would you Would you buy a brother or sister for $49 million? Uh, if I knew I had 200 <laughs> other million dollars in the bank. Yep, it'd be uh, $375 million is what you'd Well, the other thing, with. I mean, it's very interesting to read that Beth Bowen, Wallace, and Amy Clemmer have met with Alexander Carey because what if she is involved and then that's another vote? I mean, obviously, votes now? let's try. Well, you know, let's. What if it come? What if it's decided? Okay, the one who gets the majority of support wins. Wow. Jeez. I don't think it'd get to that. No. Would Pat Bull, or would, would Joe, Joe Ellis, Ellis doesn't want to get to that. that? Joe Ellis is the one who got up, of course, at the end of the season and said everybody needs to get in line behind is one. Jeff Legwald going to show up and present everyone's case? <laughs> 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 oh man, this is this has got to be good for for Beth, right? For Team Cell. Yeah. <laughs> Just another uh, Beth. Beth's not on Team Cell though. Beth. Yes, won- she is. Yeah, I've, she, that's she, at least how I view it. Yeah, me too. I, th- I think she actually wants to control the team. I mean... That's just not going to happen, though. Do we? Is there any chance well, that she, happens? Can she l- lawsuit her way into control of she's the team? She's trying to. That's exactly yeah. what she's doing right now. But in, re- in reality, is that an actual 
thing is that an actual possible outcome right. in the courts it's it's not likely remember edgar kaiser tried to sue his way back the in. the best case scenario for her is they dissolve the trust right they declare the trust invalid and they revert to whatever what the the, ter- the terms were back in 2005 and how many people know what the terms were in that that first trust or that 2005 the, trust the lawyers know i mean the is details. that is that it yeah i mean i, I don't unless know. that trust said make beth the owner Right. Right. Then I don't see. I still don't see her path to becoming the. Owner. I imagine it was still like the whole thing of qualified heir. I would imagine. I don't think. I don't think Pat would change it overhaul to naming one kid to then just saying this whole system of a trust that names one person. I imagine it'd be very similar. Maybe right? it was only uh, with the kids of his first wife at that point. Because the other ones were so much younger. Yeah. Could be. Well, what we're talking. When was this other one established? Two thousand nine. Yes. So four years, maybe? Mm. That's what's being debated in the court, the whole thing of whether the 09 trust, the 09 changes were valid because what Beth Bowen Wallace's side alleges is that Pat Bowen was already deep in the throes of Alzheimer's disease by then and couldn't necessarily make the decisions to make, make the decisions on a matter of this magnitude. Man, so doctor—that's where you get. That's where you get all the doctors and medical stuff involved. Like in some of the legal stuff that's come out, that's where you know they're claiming that Pat Bowen was at the Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale back in '06, for example. Wow! All along, I thought the movie should be called The Magnificent Seven, but it turns out it should be called The Hateful Eight. Oh wow! <laughs> the Hateful Eight. There's already a movie with yeah. that name. Yes, yeah. There is. yeah. That was the joke. Yeah, no, I got the joke. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> Magnificent Seven was a movie too. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Aren't they both by the same, in the same vein? Quentin Tarantino was Hateful Eight, right? Yeah, Magnificent Seven is old school. It was older. Okay. I would have thought Magnificent Seven was like a Disney movie. So, I guess I'm wrong about that. It depends what generation you are when you think of Magnificent Seven, because if like some people think of it as a nickname for the U.S. Uh, gymnastics squad of 1996 at the Olympics that won the gold mm. medal. It's unfortunate it can't be called like Fast and Furious Eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mag- the movie was 1960. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, what I. A long ever, time ago. To yeah. me, it's a nickname for the Nuggets team that went into Utah and beat the Jazz. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is crazy this this it was crazy crazy. what is this now where do you go from crazy it's movie worthy exactly (laughs) when you go from crazy you you go to legitimate production value incredible i should start writing a screenplay about this you should you should what happened based on the scripted podcast so what happens now we just nothing. Discovery we, we, continues we sh- in the lawsuit. It's going on right of- now. What else are we going to discover? <laughs> I didn't think this was going to be something we discovered in Discovery. God forbid, a ninth kid. I mean, if you get up to eleven, then I think you could go with Fast and Furious Eleven. I don't think they've made that. When I was learning how to drive, my mom always said, "If there's one deer." There's always more behind it. Mm. Is there going to be more? I don't know. 
It's crazy. Well, wouldn't they have seen it in the... You would think so, in the, in the documents. there was a certain level of... Cover-up? Right. Like, there was one that, you know, just had... Maybe it became knowledge after the ex-wife found out. And right. And then it was like, okay. Right. Maybe this is why Philip Rivers and his wife had a ninth kid. They just wanted to one-up the Broncos in some way. Oh because he couldn't goodness. do it on the field because the Broncos <laughs> have the lead in the all-time series of games against Phillip Rivers. Yep. And in the playoffs. Yep. But if he goes to Tampa Bay, there's going to be one more game. Oh, right. Here. By the oh. way, if, if Phillip Rivers goes to the Bucks, doesn't that game have to be, when they, they come here, doesn't that have to be like Monday Night Football? Not not quite Sunday night level, but still something that you want in prime time. No, Phil Rivers back in Denver. I think no. it is. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be when he goes to L.A. because they they'll play him? Yeah, yeah. You think Philip mm. Rivers in Denver is that big of a national story? Only if Drew Locke really leans into being Jay Cutler and You're builds right. a rivalry. Oh. I just I just want to see Bucks Broncos on national television. <laughs> is that wrong? I see how you're pulling this. Yeah. I mean, I accept that Bucks that 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 uh, Broncos Panthers is going to be 1 o'clock Eastern time in Charlotte just because the Panthers are probably going to be god awful. Apparently, <laughs> they really think they have a chance of getting Joe Burrow. Panthers? Yeah. Because, what, the Bengals actually really do like Justin Herbert and then are going to get a haul? I think David Tepper is a person who doesn't, who's not very used to not getting things that he wants. David Tepper and he's is going to do crazy things to get something that he wants. David mm-hmm. Tepper is somebody who believes in the great American principle that everything can be bought if you pay enough. That's and exactly he's what I think. Lived mm-hmm. by that philosophy. Yes. I mean, we might have a Herschel Walker situation on our hands. To which I say, hey, you know what? If you want to put Joe Burrow with his, Joe Brady, since Brady is going to be the OC for the Panthers, that's lovely. But the who the hell are you getting in front of him? So what are we talking about? Like four first-round picks? Probably. At least. Joe Burrow and Christian McCaffrey. Whew. Yep. It's a nice little backfield. When is have. Christian's contract up? Well, he was drafted in 2017. The Bulls year, right? So they have to pick up the fifth year option by May, and you which they will assume they will. That'd be insane <laughs> yes. not to. I just I've heard that uh, Christian isn't all too happy out there. Hmm. What does he not like about Charlotte? Um, she's too. It's just too small. <laughs> it's not much smaller than Denver. I mean, come on. <laughs> The areas are pretty comparable. I, I think he he wants to move out west <laughs> to Denver. I don't know. Vegas. Philip Lindsay and Christian McCaffrey. Oh my God, that would be incredible. Well, they will need another Led first round pick Eisner. in order to to get another first round pick because I think you're only allowed to trade draft picks three years out. So I think in order to have four first round picks, they need to pick up another one. Would you trade it for it? Would you trade fifteen for Christian McCaffrey? Yes. Uh yeah. Maybe there you go. And I, I would trade fifteen for Christian McCaffrey, and I would treat him as the speed wide receiver in terms of opening up the offense. Maybe not aligning him in that well, in that Pat position would all the love time, this. but. The one who opens things up, yes. I would just make him a 1,000-yard rusher, 1,000-yard receiver, just like he was last year. 
I'm with McCaffrey. I'm starting the gradual transition to him being a wide receiver, so he can be playing for me in year 13, 14, and 15. Would you trade Philip uh, Philip Lindsay and 15 for Christian McCaffrey? No. Mace. I just don't. It's not that I. It's not necessarily that I wouldn't do it. Rather than I don't think I need to. Okay. Well, I'm thinking about the T-shirt inventory at our company. <laughs> <laughs> And how Philip Lindsay and those shirts have been such a winner for us. So I am loath to want to trade young number 30. Think about what a Christian McCaffrey t-shirt would do. It's true. I'd do well. All right. Well, we seamlessly transitioned into football here, which I think is really impressive. When, if you weren't paying close attention, you would have never even known when the transition began. Um, but I do think that is a good chance for us to start getting into the questions here. Uh, and before that, we raise a glass to Breckenridge Brewery, the best beers and brewery in all of Colorado and truly in all of the land. We love them. I'll have one along with my uh, Bojo's Pizza later today. Strawberry Sky, it's, it's usually my go-to. Interestingly enough, I've recently learned about mixing beers together. Oh, interesting. I think I heard about this recently. This is a thing that people do. And I recently had an IPA mixed with Strawberry Sky. It's incredible. Perfect combo? Yes. Because you get a little fruity in there and it kind of kills a little bit of the IPA. It's like drinking the smoothest IPA you've ever drank. Oh, that, sound, that sounds incredible. It's truly amazing. So, you know. Just Maybe a uh, hot peak and a strawberry sky. Mix them. 50-50 ratio? What are we talking about? Uh, yeah. It just Whatever suits you. Maybe you want a little more hops. You go 75%. I never thought that this was allowed even, but <laughs> someone showed me the light, and it's allowed and delicious. I wish I liked IPAs. They're, they're too See, hoppy. This will... This will Enlighten this, you. This is your transition. Mace yes. goes 75% strawberry sky, 25% hop, and slowly 5% make your way up. But the problem is every the IPAs, they always are like a blowtorch going down my gullet. So <laughs> that, That's I why the strawberry disagree. sky balances it. Yep, strawberry sky lights <laughs> right. it up. Maybe I got to start with like a 90-10, right. move to 80-20, and then I'll be ready for 75-25. There we go. And speaking of hybrids. Make sure to head over to <laughs> Green Solution or MyGreenSolution.com and order whatever you need from them. Um, and when you use the code DNVR20, you're going to get 20% off your entire purchase. They're some of the best quality products that you can find out there, and they also have the best prices, and especially when you use your code DNVR20. The magical code DNVR20 will hook you up. And let's talk to the listeners. Let's start with our friend Count Locula, who, by the way, he he has two comments here because he says, pardon the typos, I haven't drank in many days. But he opens with, I envision Telmucker, <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> Mel Tucker, chasing freshmen around the athletic complex at Michigan State, saying things like, I don't know what you're thinking but I simply could not have students roaming the halls, disrupting other classes, and giving prophecies of a great plague. Wait, no, that would actually be funny. Actually, gents, I'll tell you what. I think he will feel like a one-legged cat trying to bury turds on a frozen pond out there in Michigan. Love the count. 
<laughs> what mace? Do you the understand? quote was from Beavis and Butthead. Nah, that's that's from Principal understand. McVicker when he's talking to Beavis. Actually, as he's gone around the school spouting nonsense in his caffeine-fueled alter ego, the Great Cornholio. He goes around. I, he pulls his shirt over his head. I am Cornholio. <laughs> Do you have TV for my bunghole? <laughs> my bunghole, it goes, rah! <laughs> oh, wow. What well, yeah, makes that different? Like, titty caca. They have TV for my bunghole, and it's like titty caca. <laughs> that didn't really clear things up. <laughs> oh, my God. But it was entertaining, that's for sure. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> All right, from Bronco Board, Bronco Brad, who starts what's going to be a long theme, I think, in these comments. <laughs> he says, RK, you might have opened up a can of worms that you really didn't want to. Yes, you did. Here's the case for being an Arsenal supporter. They're better. Uh, they're the better team in North London historically. It's not close. They're good, but have struggled immensely compared to their history, like the Broncos. They have really great attacking options, but don't even play average defense, which makes for exciting games. And lastly, they gave my favorite... Song to sing, Arrival. Mace probably knows it. If not, look it up. It starts with, what do we think of Tottenham? And this is a family podcast, so I can't say the word. Let's just say it's analogous to poop. <laughs> and they just go, can you, it's like a call and return type of thing? What do we think of, what do we think of Tottenham? Bleep. What do we think of bleep? Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. There's just one thing that's not mentioned in there. And unfortunately, it's a check mark against Arsenal. Ownership. Oh, right, the Cronkies. Have you dealt with Stan Cronky enough? Do you want more Cronky in your life? Uh, yeah. Probably less Cronky yeah, is better. Yeah. Next one, I'm sure we're going to get so many of these. Next one coming in from Albino Reno. Gents. Made it official on the Albino Reno. <laughs> I posted this and missed the cutoff earlier in the week, but I'm making sure it gets in now. What are the chances that DNVR teams up with Alamo Drafthouse and Breck, especially since Breck and Alamo are about 30 seconds from one another, to do a special screening of Dead Tones exclusively for DNVR subscribers, all hosted by Hall of Famer Steve Atwater? I'm not sure Steve would want to be a part of that. It doesn't sound like he would. <laughs> He's kind of embarrassed by the movie at yes. times. Yeah. Steve... Is way too uh, modest for yeah. things like this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You bring it up, it's like, man, you tripping. <laughs> <laughs> Broncos related. I saw a three-round mock draft that had us taking Fulton round one, wide receiver round two, defensive line and linebacker in round three. No offensive line? Cornerback round one blows my mind. Wide receiver round two. Okay, fine. Defensive line and linebacker round three makes no sense. I guess they assume that we can prowl up pillows on the offensive line and get better protection. Fulton in particular, the biggest knock on him is tackling. And that's, Vic Fangio talks about tackling being the non-negotiable. Yeah. That just, just looks like a bad fit. Yeah, I don't think that would happen. Side note, my work does bracket tournaments on the draft every year with one-week PTO on the line for the winner. Wow. Most accurate picks day one. Move on to face the other three who had the most accurate picks. Best two best two of day two. Move on to day three for the championship. No second place consolation prides. Trades and all are in play. That sounds incredible. 
for a week of PTO. Mm. Please all know, Andrew frickin' Mason published a full seven-round mock and allow me to use these as my picks. No offense to RK or Zach, and I would appreciate your input, but there is a reason it's called getting maced. Just ask Fangio. Thanks. I think after the Broncos' compensatory picks are divvied up, I'll do a seven-round Broncos mock. And there have been a couple of times over the years on radio I've done a full seven-round mock, and I've done like one round a day where basically it was just me reading a bunch of, of names and then talking about whichever one I put to the Broncos and why. I only did one mock draft in my life, and I nailed the Broncos' first two picks. Which year, I was, retired. which year was that? It was Bradley Roby and who was the second pick that year? Cody Latimer. Cody Latimer, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I nailed that one, and then I just... Called it a uh, called it a career. You did a full draft. seven round, just for the Broncos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Impressive. Thank you. Next one coming in from Burley Joe. Sup, DNVR. I want your opinion on my one and only Broncos jersey. I have a fifty-two Wesley Woodyard jersey. I get a lot of comments at games saying, "Huh? Haven't seen one of those." I really like Woodyard when he was on the team, especially after he won the Walton Payton Man of the Year award. And I like to think it's an edgy jersey to own. But now that I'm looking back on his Broncos career, he really wasn't all that amazing. That and that the jersey was a gift from a girlfriend who cheated on me. Is it time to donate and get myself a new jersey? Give it to me straight. I can handle it. Just as you separate the art from the artist, you must separate the gift from the giver. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Um, I am a big fan of having obscure jerseys. I really wanted a Wancho Hernan Gomez Nuggets jersey. Um, That one might have ended a little too soon for my liking, but there's certain jerseys of guys who, no matter how obscure they are, some fans will see that and be like, "Oh, that guy's a real fan." Right. That's how. That's how I view a Woodyard jersey. Yes. And he's a he's a really good guy. Still has a lot of ties to Denver. A lot of ties to the teammates that he was with. And I'm always on the lookout for obscure jerseys. One of my favorite aspects of game day is seeing what is the most not bizarre but unusual choice. This year, the one that took the cake for me was I believe it was in, at the Bears game. In the stands, somebody was wearing a Bill Musgrave jersey. <laughs> oh my god, that's rough. Did before you even uh, talk to them, did they just start with an opening statement? <laughs> <laughs> did they say they second the effing motion? <laughs> oh man, that was one of the greatest press conferences. <laughs> um. That's goes, Bill Musgrave's legacy. Wait, that press conference. He goes on. Wait, says, this P- gives me an opportunity for a funny story. Uh, I've had one truly bad breakup in my life, and it involved a lot of things, including the girl uh, throwing a picture frame full of pictures of us at my head Aww. and missing. Oh, um, thankfully. Um, so you didn't look like Peter after that? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I ducked it. It hit the wall, shattered, all that. Like, oh, straight out of a movie. Oh, my God. Um, it truly unnecessary. It was, there was no reason for it to be like this. Um, but another thing, she had just bought me a Buffs jersey for, I think it was Valentine's Day. And What are we talking, a week after a, you got the jersey? Almost precisely okay. a week. Mm-hmm. And she, it was at my house. And she went into my closet 
and took it. It was going to take that. And that was like the one thing I put up a fight on. Cause I was like, just being the calm one, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then I was like, whoa, you can't do that. You cannot take that. And I still have it to this day. <laughs> nice. And you wear it and it's no issue. Like you don't feel guilty wearing it. No, of course. Yeah. It, you feel proud. Yeah. That you got to keep it. That was my win. And it, <laughs> I won custody of the Jersey. I think, I mean, I've been married and with my wife long enough that all the stuff from ex-girlfriends has been cycled out of my closet. Mm. Yeah. I had an ex-girlfriend who was obsessed with wearing my clothes. And she probably got like 20-something CU shirts off of me. Oh, wow. And I just wonder if she still wears them. Because <laughs> I never got them back. Did she go to CU? Yes. Okay, so there'd be reason for her to right. keep them. But, I mean, I just... There, like, did she? I just wonder if she still has all of those. Sh- like, should I send in a letter that says, like, hey, if you still have these, can I have some back? Were you on good terms with her? <sighs> not bad terms. Okay. So uh, it's not like she would have uh, lit them on fire or anything. We The breakup happened very smoothly. Then there was an event that mm. happened later that caused some complications. So some of the shirts could be burned. No, okay. no. Only person who had a right to be mad was me. Okay, okay. <laughs> I always hate the burning of, of clothing, though. Like, if I know it's cathartic, but just just take it to Goodwill or it's, something it's like that. so stupid yeah. to do that. Just give Especially it away. Jersey. People were burning their Mel Tucker bobbleheads yesterday. <laughs> oh, my God. How do you do that? Do you put gasoline on it? I think you just throw it into a, a fire. Well, the one I saw, someone threw it into a fire pit. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. That'd probably really smell. Someone else said they were going to hit it with their driver. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Drivers are fragile. <laughs> hit it with an iron. <laughs> that would be cool because it's on its own little T. Right. Yeah, like, you, 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 you could just decapitate, decapitate it? the yeah. bobblehead. I'm down to try. <laughs> Not that I have that much animosity towards Mel Tucker. I just kind of want to see what it, <laughs> if it would just, the head could just fly right off. <laughs> All right. We got this one uh, back further up. We just skipped this from R.D. Dollywall. Rumor is Chris Harris has a chance of being a chief next year. Don't know what kind of D the Chiefs run, but how do you think they would use Chris? A, give him one side of the field and let him shut it down. B, give him a receiver and go where the receiver goes. C, the slot. D, as a safety. What matchup do you want to see Chris against our receivers? I would like to see him against Sutton. Good luck to Chris because it looks like his days as a Bronco are done. Thanks for all the memories, Chris. No fly zone forever. Yeah, Chris has been on a little media tour and not afraid to throw names like the Chiefs around. Uh, Kind of talking like the Broncos are in the rearview mirror while he hasn't said that. He's just giving that feeling off. So I've determined that Every Broncos free agent is going to be rumored to be going to the Chiefs at some point in this offseason <laughs> because it's great for the agents. They want fans to freak out and say, we don't want them to go there. Because just yesterday, I heard um, Derek Wolf's name in conjunction oh. with the Chiefs. And I just think that's a, that's a convenient name to leak out there because Broncos fans are obviously very um, frightened by the Chiefs. And so any player who might be going there, it might make everyone want to say, whoa, maybe we should keep that guy around. It's a good point, but is it different when it's Chris actually talking about the Chiefs and how he would welcome that when, when it's not just a rumor, it's him saying that? I think anyone would, would welcome going to the defending Super Bowl <laughs> champions. I know one place Chris won't go. Arizona. Mm. 
But I believe there will be at least one Broncos defensive player going to the Cardinals. I think you're right. Agency. Interestingly enough, that's another team I heard uh, with Derek Wolf's name. Yeah. Interesting. Wolfie, as Vance called him. <laughs> <laughs> he put he put the IE on every guy's name, though, didn't he? Bolsey, yeah. Wolfie. Zacky. Paxi. <laughs> <laughs> but it was never Trevi. Was it, do one. you think it was ever Johnny? Yes. Johnny? Yeah, of course it was. Yeah. <laughs> as in Johnny Bolin? With whom oh Vic, Vic, with whom uh, Vance Joseph has hung out? Was that the beginning oh. of Super Bowl and uh, Instagram stories that were notable? Oh, Super Bowlins, Yep. Yes. Yes. I think it was. That, that was, put him on the map. I forgot about that. That's Vance. how this all began. Yep. And that was after his first year. No, he was fired. He was fired, and Johnny oh. Bowen was posting how he's still going to win Super Bowls with the Broncos. <laughs> after he moves the team to Canada. No, that was later. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. That's, but I'm just saying, that's always in Johnny Bolin's mind. The Bolin children are always interesting, aren't they? As we find out today. Things got weird on Johnny Bolin's story this week. Some sort of feud with a brother-in-law. Yeah. Accusations were thrown around. It keeps you entertained for a long time. It's certainly an interesting peek into one side of this whole thing. You have to check the Super Bolin Instagram feed every day. Because he puts it on his IG. I've watched story. it so I watch it so frequently that if there is a Super Bowl in story and I open <laughs> my Instagram, it will be the first one on there. Yep. Me too. <laughs> I don't go on Instagram anymore other than to check Super Bowl. In. It's the drama that gets me from Monday to Monday. <laughs> Next one coming in from J Money Steck ninety seven. Hey guys, I was thinking of a way to get down our number of picks since twelve is a lot of rookies to make the team, and I was wondering if you guys would like the following scenario. Basically, we get Le'Veon Bell and Stefan Diggs for a combined three. Two threes, a four this year, and a four next year. Got it. Uh, how would you guys feel about this? So you trade two threes and two fours for Le'Veon Bell and Stefan Diggs? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good trade. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great trade, yeah. It's teams trying to get the contract. I would imagine that Stefan Diggs might take a two. It's Le'Veon Bell that you could probably get for pennies on the dollar just because of the contract and the position he plays. Just because of and cra- Adam crazy guys, Adam Gase. <laughs> yeah. But Adam Gase, I don't think, will be doing business with the Denver Broncos. Probably so not. So you can not forget about that part. Not I don't know if discounts. he thinks that, that uh, Le'Veon Bell will hurt the Broncos. Right. And if that's the case, then if you're the Broncos, you don't make that deal. So would you do this deal... <laughs> Adding thirty million dollars against your cap because both guys are about fifteen. Yep, I'd do one, not the other. I'd do them both. I'd do di- I'd do Diggs and not offense. Le'Veon Bell. I don't want Le'Veon Bell. <sighs> could you imagine that? That opens up what you could do with that first round pick, man. And Shermer loves him a receiving back. He certainly does. He says that would leave us with nine picks this year after comps, and Elway can package a few day three picks to recoup one of the round threes. Not quite how realistic. Not sure how realistic this is from a value standpoint. What do we think? Well, yep. if you're trading the fourth this year and a fourth next year, you are basically you're cutting into your day three haul, and that means you're not going to be able to to recoup one of the thirds. In all likelihood, that's going to be nearly impossible. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, man, to add two talents like that would be pretty crazy. 
it's not fantasy football though. I mean, Stephon Diggs, I'm cool with. I just, I don't think Le'Veon Bell is 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 the fit. I, it does you, feel like. What do you think Vic Fangio would think of Le'Veon Bell? I don't know. As long as he gets it done, I don't think he'd really care. Well, the question is, will he get it done? What does he have left at this point? And what kind of issues is he, is he causing in the locker room? Will Le'Veon Bell be giving a public apology to Big Ben anytime soon, following up uh, Antonio Brown's public apology? Antonio Brown looks like a fool. I'm, I'm kind of done even making jokes about it at this oh, point. Oh, I'm, I'm so done with, yeah, with it, him. I think AB— Well, I just mean yeah. it's like I, there's certainly something wrong. It's sad because I—honestly, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I worry about him neurocognitively, honestly. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's realizing what he did wrong or something. I don't I don't even know, but it's bizarre now that he's on the other side trying to apologize and make everything right through public apologies. Yeah, D Rock, RK, Zach, and Mace. As always, you're the best at what you do. Draft related question: Who do you see as a comp for Christian McCaffrey this year? Someone with his versatility, reliability, power, and athleticism that's a dual threat, be a personal target. Could LaVisca Cheneau be the wider receiver version of what McCaffrey is? If so, he'd be worth the 15th pick overall. IMO, keep on keeping it real for Broncos country brothers. There okay. are no, there's only one Christian McCaffrey. Thank you. He, he's a unicorn. Uh, but LaVisca Cheneau is kind of like the inverted version in terms of he's a wide receiver who could also play running back for you. And then Antonio Gibson's kind of the poor man's version? Yeah, sure. Yep. Okay. Thanks for your hard work and your time making the offseason bearable. You three, Andre and Henry, are the free agency and the draft talk. IV, I need to make it through the desert until the draft at the end of April. And as always, the New England Patriots stuck. New England Patriots suck because I'm stuck in New England. And Patriots fans are all, can I say that or no? Um... Patriots fan. They're all from Massachusetts, and they're all <laughs> objectionable. <laughs> yeah, I think you could have said it, but now it's weird. Uh, <laughs> from Oklahoma Bronco 58. Do you think? Uh, do you guys think now that Jameis Winston had LASIK done on his eyes, we can expect <laughs> him to essentially double up the best quarterback in every statistical category this year? J.K., but imagine how clear those defenders are going to look to Jameis when he's throwing pick sixes to them. They just showed on ESPN here a few minutes ago as we're recording this. Some clips of Jameis squinting, oh, <laughs> going I, all the way back to Florida State. I heard that he needed to be wearing glasses during games, and he was not. And I told—I think mm. I told Ryan this. That's insane. Uh, like a year ago, it's insane. So, what if this legitimately does cut his interceptions in half? It, it does, but here's the problem: I, I question his judgment because did he know he needed glasses? Well, haven't. Uh, yeah. Then just freaking wear them. Well, haven't we talked about how... cares how, how you look? Just we, wear the damn glasses. Maybe he was waiting for a contract year so he could uh, use this in the negotiations. <laughs> I'm saying about, this as a Bucks fan. If he knew if he knew he had to wear glasses and he didn't, I mean, man, I can see why Bucks fans might be thinking, F that guy. But Mace with Jameis, we've talked about how he has excellent football IQ when, he, when he's on the field in, in football, but maybe not the best... Uh, what would that word be? It's not he's a IQ. he's a smart guy who does dumb things. Yeah, off the field, and this would kind of play into the off the field stuff because yeah. it's an off the field decision that he has to make. From Iceman, hey friends, RK, sorry your coach left the kids high and dry in Boulder. Uh, 
but he did get a better football program to run. Maybe. He's also not going right into an a athletic department in disarray. Anyways, he says, why not tap Eric Bieniemy for CU? I, uh, he's beloved throughout all of Colorado, even as a chief. Uh, don't forget, boys, you never mess with the Godfather. Vic is his own dude. FYI, I don't believe any NFL receiver has ever had a 300-yard game. Just saying, go Broncos, D-U-C-U, Eric, Drew, and Chubb. <laughs> All the Eric's out in the world. Go. Mace, you got the biggest receiving game ever there? Flipper Anderson had 336 yards back in 1989 for the Rams against the Saints. So he just flipped Iceman, <laughs> he just the maced. bird. He just maced. He got maced, Iceman. I had to look up the exact yardage, but I remembered it was Flipper. Because it was interesting because he was basically the Rams' number two receiver because they had Henry Eller at the time. And yet he just, on Sunday Night Football, in the Superdome, just went off. I want to know how many Julio Jones had yeah. in this game. Julio Jones. Did he top 300? Best? I don't think so. I think it was like 270 or something. Yeah, I think it was high 200s. No, 300. Oh, ha-ha. You just got arcade. Yeah. <laughs> 12 catches for 300 yards. Did he really get arcade, though? Because you said no, he, I think you so. don't think he did get 300. Well, we just, we just he tried to with... call me on, and it was against the Panthers, as yeah. I correctly predicted. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we basically, ju- I mean, we just found two 300-yard games like that. Boom. Sorry, is, it, is that it? Sorry to ice you, Iceman. Yeah. <laughs> But you got to put that take on ice. Mace, I think, uh, I think you got the next one. <laughs> I got it. Oh. From Larry Den Jr., Ed McCaffrey, Rod Smith, Brandon Marshall, Brandon Lloyd, Eddie Royal, Demaryius Thomas, Eric Decker, and now Cortland freaking Sutton. Why are we talking about just a mix of good receivers and highly average receivers? They all played for the Broncos. Oh, okay. People talk about the Steelers' ability to draft wide receivers, but I've only known great Broncos wide receivers my entire lifetime, and it's time to continue that tradition. I'm sorry, but I don't think that Brandon Lloyd or Eddie or Eddie Royal fall into the category of great Broncos receivers. I thought Eddie Royal would be great after his rookie season. What and also, awesome. I loved what him at to him? I loved him at Virginia Tech as well. I mean, he, he he was a fan favorite. Like he was a very exciting player, very good punt returner there as well. Also, you could get the Royal treatment. <laughs> 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 oh, that was uh, a fantastic commercial. It was the predecessor to uh, Cargo, right? Yeah. Here, I got your tacos. Yep. <laughs> um, he goes on. Guys, tell me if I'm imagining things, but other than Darius Slay, who manned up and shut down Cortland all year? No, I mean, Cortland didn't have a great game every game, but I think you're right in that. Mace, I'm sure you can pull it up, but how many times did Cortland come down with contested catches, and how many times did he run a route that faced bracket coverage? Come on, Mace, right I, off the top I of don't head. have that level of data in front of me. <laughs> no, in your head. Ugh. He goes on, I think Cortland is unguardable. I think he's the second coming of DeAndre Hopkins because I dare anyone to lie to me and tell me any wide receiver, Michael Thomas included, had a better highlight reel than Cortland this year. Number one, number two catch for the TD over Denzel Ward was the catch of the year only to be beaten weeks later with a one-handed TD while being held the whole way down. I think Cortland drew the second most PI penalties in the NFL this season. I'm saying this all to say, guys, number two wide receiver has to be priority over O-line, corner, and ILB, right? I mean, it has to be. Because if you get Cortland out of double coverage, who's going to shut him down in the NFL, let alone the AFC West? Do you think there's a bigger priority over wide receiver with our first pick, given the potential of this offense with another weapon other than Cortland? You just have to protect Drew Locke as well. You you can't ignore 
your young up-and-coming quarterback. So that's why I would put offensive line above that, uh, offensive tackle above that. But like I've said, if there uh, isn't equal talent there on offensive line and at wide receiver, then I'm going with the one that has more talent because you absolutely do need a second wide receiver. And here's also the thing. Corton didn't have a second wide receiver last year, and he still did what he did. So you don't have to have a second wide receiver, although you have to address it this offseason. But it's not like you have to have another stud in order for Cortland to be good. He proved that last year. Real quick, did you see that the Astros owner said that he, they don't believe that the cheating gave them an advantage? That's absolutely ridiculous. He's lying to himself because he wants to validate the ring on his finger. Did you guys hear about uh, the home and road? Did, did you know about the home and road splits in the playoffs with the Astros? Oh, yeah. I mean, Jose Altuve's batting 450 at home and 117 or something on the road. Yeah, and did you hear the, the lengths that the Nationals went to as far as changing their signals, having thing un, things under caps, et cetera, so they wouldn't? tip off the Astros when they went down for the World Series last year? Unbelievable. The fact that he said, we don't think it gave us an advantage, is one of the most idiotic. Isn't that why you cheat? To get an advantage? It's the only reason you (laughs) cheat. And then you did so, and you succeeded, and then you try to turn around and say, oh, that didn't help us win. Well, then why the the F did you do it? It's a straight-up psychological thing because if you admit it gave you an advantage, then in your mind it's tainting your accomplishments. He's trying any kind of mental gymnastics he can conjure up to justify the trophy that sits in the lobby of Astros headquarters. Well, additionally, it's stupid because he immediately fired the manager and the GM kind of making himself look as good as he could in this situation, and he just lost it in my eyes. I mean, not that I viewed him very, very highly after all this, but then he just lost it with that. Why did you fire him if it didn't give you advantage? Also, why why did you cheat if you didn't need it? Right. (laughs) Stupid. Anyways, I needed to get that off my chest. But there are people who are saying, hey, if you investigated all of baseball, you'd find similar things going on. And one thing that I'm curious to see in the first couple months of the year is if they're on to teams taking these sorts of methods, will offensive production drop this year? And they're going to have to unjuice the baseballs because everyone knew that was going on. Maybe that maybe it wasn't a juice baseball. It was sign stealing. Maybe everyone was stealing stealing signs. And I watched some games. I watched a lot of games at Coors Field, and even. I know what a Coors Field home run looks like, and there were some extra, extra egregious <laughs> ones this last year. Well, you can do that if you know that what pitch is coming. The ball doesn't fly differently because you know what pitch is coming. You can't. You get better contact on it. Yes, but it's, you could just tell like what used to be a fly out to shallow left field was sneaking over the wall. <laughs> okay, we'll see. From Coach Tobin, my boys, I want to thank you for all of your input on my last comment. It really means a bunch for such great insight. The situation is still fluid, but I'm not leaving my kids, that's for sure. My question, what is a job y'all have had that you absolutely hated? Probably from high school or college, I'm guessing. Mine is I worked at a Blockbuster Video Distribution Center in college. Yes, I'm old. It was a conveyor belt where videos came, and I had to quickly pack them into boxes in what seemed like 100 miles per hour. I did that 12 hours a day, and I left each day tired as heck. Also, Mel Tucker. I don't like that guy now. (laughs) I stuffed envelopes for a summer. With what? 
like just with stuff like mail, like with uh, like letter, like form letters and that sort for of thing. For what company or, or for like? Well, it was done service. through a. Temp, it was a job I got through a temp agency one summer. Oh man! And I mean, it was the most it was the most mind numbing work. I've ever done. Like, I did that on it for a political campaign once, but it wasn't that wasn't like the whole job. That was just something I would do here and there. I could feel the mental atrophy s- setting in. <laughs> Brain cells dying <laughs> as I did this. I worked at a car wash once for 3 weeks and I hated it so much. And did you quit or did you get escorted to the Oh no, I door? I quit, but I did uh Did you put 2 weeks notice in? No. Because <laughs> that'd be hilarious. You, you worked there one week. I'm putting in my two weeks notice, sir. <laughs> or ma'am. No, that wasn't really needed at this car wash. But the first day, I made $111 in tips, all singles. So I left with $111 $1 bills. Damn, how was shotguns that night? <laughs> it's right across the street, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's why everyone had ones when they came there. <laughs> oh, my God. Um I had the most tedious job you could ever imagine. I worked for a company called Fastenal, which delivers. Sounds fascinating. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, they deli- So let's say your company u- uses like a thousand nuts and bolts every week for whatever you do. Well, this place, their job was to hold the inventory for them. And then when they needed new ones, they would just send out a quick delivery truck so you just have a thousand screws, you know, at your doorstep right when you need it. Is it fasten F A S T E N? Yes. Okay. A L. Fasten all. So you fasten the screws. Fasten all the screws. Yeah. Mm. Um my job was to count <laughs> oh, nuts and bolts. Wow. One by one. Wow. To thousands make sure at a time. Thousands and thousands <laughs> and thousands and thousands. So how, did you keep it in your head or did you kind of write down, okay, here's a hundred, here's a hundred, here's a hundred? One, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six. And if Just he, taking it from one box and putting it in another. At what point did you kind of say, oh, I might lose track. I better start again and add them all together. Or did you just keep going? Oh, I just guessed. <laughs> I was like, wait, was that 1,182 or 1,812? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, hey, we'll just go with 812 because that yeah. means I'm closer to being done. Yeah. Comfort! <laughs> You're 70 screws off. <laughs> In that example, it sounded like 700 screws off. Yeah, if I kept going, I was going to have a screw loose, per se. Um, I also... Uh, I was such a bad employee at this place. (laughs) I hadn't figured it. Like I hadn't found coffee yet. So Mm. I was just tired all the time. And if, if we had to do three deliveries at once, I would be the only person there. So I would just go into the back of the warehouse and just go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Just lock the front door and go to sleep. And you still get paid. Doesn't sound like the worst job. It was the worst job. (laughs) And I am sorry too fast and all for <laughs> stealing your money while I was sleeping. Miller Light 602, dude. Just heard a rumor that Chris Harris Jr. might be going to the Chiefs. The freaking Chiefs. See, the scare tactics are working. It is. If he goes there, I'm sorry. But there will be a lot of fans that are going to be pissed at him for sure. Don't be mad at him. Good thing is, Chris Harris Jr. will be Sutton's son for two games. Can't wait for the draft and the offseason signings that we get. Also, very pleased that I shut down the breakfast, lunch, dinner debate with the chicken and waffles. Have a good rest of your week, boys. And as always, go Broncos. You know, there's one thing. I know fans might be upset, but don't burn your jerseys if he goes. You don't want them. 
No, it's a classic. Give yeah. him away. Just wait until he's done playing for the Chiefs. And he's going to be a ring of famer. Again. I mean, right. think of it like Neil Smith, okay? Neil Smith went from the Chiefs to the Broncos, won a couple of Super Bowls in Denver. He's still regarded as a legend in Kansas City. He's still beloved. Right. That's how it would be for Chris Harris Jr. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Orange Crush says, how good are those Lakers? LeBron and AD came through clutch. Pretty disappointed with some of that crowd behavior. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess one idiot did some idiot stuff. but What was it? I didn't hear about the Some guy like, crowd threw stuff. something at the Lakers bench. Mm, stupid. Yeah. There um, were a lot of Laker fans there, too. There were. As, that's the that's the fan behavior I'm disappointed in. As always, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, it sounded it sounded on television like two or three thousand people. Yeah, a lot of bandwagon people. Did you there. go? No, Allie did, um, and they said it was awesome. Mm. Really good atmosphere. I mean, that could be the Western Conference Finals, and if so, that was a good preview. I really, really hope not. I hope the Lakers lose in the first round. <laughs> I hope so, too, but it but seems like they're clicking. What do you think the NBA wants, though? Do you think they want Lakers Nuggets, or do you think they would love to have L.A. versus L.A.? Oh, L.A. versus L.A. Exactly. A, That's what I worry about. In a heartbeat. A little bit of a, a manipulation. That would be crazy to not have to travel. And literally, they can use their locker rooms that they use every day yeah basically it would be a every huge game. advantage for, for both of them if they played early on so let's say they played in the second round it would be a huge advantage for both of them because whichever one comes out of it is going to be way less exhausted because right. they're not than the other team plane. that they're going to play in the western conference finals yeah that's a good point actually even if they do meet in the western conference finals whatever one of them wins is going to have an advantage going into the championship yep but the, the Nuggets are going to be in the Western but Conference Finals. So one that thing, work. though, if you're the Clippers, do you want that? Because inevitably, at your home games, they're going to be you're, you're going to have thousands of Laker fans coming in, yeah, finding their Lakers way in. Whereas the if the Clippers fans, play right. the say the the Nuggets, it's not they're not going to have that problem. They're going to have a a home court advantage. It's going to be. Uh, I don't think it's going to be like an away game every time. No, but. But the Lakers will have a substantial crowd in for Clippers games that will get in there. Just but because won't Clippers just, also have a substantial crowd for Lakers games, right? But some of them are going to sell. Uh, no, because I think Lakers will have more. There are at more the away game than Clippers will have at their away. Right, game. because the La- because the Lakers <laughs> simply have far more fans, far more potential ticket buyers than the Clippers do. That would pay a premium to get in and go watch a playoff game. What would they call this? Like you have the Subway Series because they actually had to travel still well you can't call it the freeway series because they're they're right there in the same building so it's just the staple series or the stapler series yeah the, the best the, by the way the best though i think of the like uh, of uh of the cross city rivalries the best name i love the one they have in mls for lafc versus la Gal- galaxy el trafico <laughs> like el classico <laughs> yes um do they have four locker rooms in the staple center or no, three? A home for the Lakers, a home for the Clippers, and then whatever's the Actually, away team? I think they have eight. What? <laughs> well, they've so they can host 
over basketball hockey. events. Oh, and the hockey team and the women's um, basketball team. Because well, they also had the Pac-12 for a while tournament for a while before it set up shop in Vegas. Yeah, but that wouldn't get. They would just use the away locker rooms or whatever. But you have at least four teams per session, so usually team like buildings like that are built with uh, four to eight locker rooms. Wow. Could we call it like the um, – what do you call it, like the bowels of a stadium? Um, um, Event level. of the stadium. No, like what do you call the thing that you walk through? A tunnel? No, like Just the concourse a- series? Why? I don't know, because you have to like walk through You the walk concourse. around the concourse, but the concourse is usually like where the fans walk. Like down below, it's kind of just like they call it, a lot of places, they call it the event level. Just call it the bowel series. <laughs> <laughs> That's how most of the country would view it. Seriously. All right. Um, and, the winning t- and the winning team would feel like it had a positive movement. I think they just. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one will get stuck. <laughs> well, a little bit backed up. Like they really yeah. tightened up. <laughs> Um. <laughs> real quick shout out to green mountain dental right now if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam they're gonna hook you up with a free sonicare toothbrush and i personally just got a sonicare toothbrush and i am feeling extra pearly these days so make sure you hit them up they're a longtime dnvr partner and they're only 15 minutes outside of downtown check out green mountain dental today Goes guy 63. Fellas, I have a situation I've been thinking about that is giving me nightmares. Uh-oh. Imagine a scenario where the Chargers trade for Matthew Stafford and the Raiders sign famous Jameis post LASIK. Six games a year against Jameis. LASIK Jameis is a good nickname. <laughs> that is a good nickname. <laughs> You're right. Six games a year against Jameis, Stafford, and Mahomes. I am dreading the thought, and I don't think it's too far fetched. I do. It's far-fetched. I don't think the Lions are trading Stafford. No. If they were ever interested in that, the Broncos would have had him years ago. (laughs) If anything, Matthew Stafford, by virtue of what the Lions did without him and how they collapsed, Matthew Stafford is at least the most beloved Lion since Calvin Johnson, maybe the most beloved Lion since Barry Sanders. Now that people understand what his value truly is to the team. Today or yesterday, their owner said that they're not trading him. Yeah. That could always change, but... Uh, Martha Firestone Ford? Uh, someone in the organization. I thought it was. If you're talking owner. about the owner, that's who you're talking about. And uh, I, I swore it said owner. Maybe it said GM. And I, I don't know if there's any owner who wants to win now more desperately than Martha Firestone Ford. John Elway. Well, I guess he's not an owner. Well, might as well be. She's in her 90s. Mm. She's in the I don't have very much time left. We got to get this done now thing. Do you think she David. rode in a Model T? <laughs> At some point in her life, she probably did. A Pinto? <laughs> no. Maybe like she looked at a Pinto. <laughs> and then, and, then and they said, we're really doing this? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, I'm not getting in that thing. <laughs> also, one more question. A different podcast I listen to called Dirty Sports. Highly recommend if you don't mind not safe for work language that highlights people that wear the jersey of a team that isn't playing to a sporting event. For example, wearing a Cowboys jersey to a Broncos Raiders game, or even worse, the Pats fan wearing a Brady jersey to the Chiefs parade. They call them <laughs> cheddar bleeps, LOL. Didn't we say that on the podcast yesterday? That word? Spotted 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's a different thing. I actually just got a text from someone who said we shouldn't say that word on here. Oh, well, there we go. Uh, <laughs> unless we're talking about the dish. Spotted dish. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so we can't say the name of the dish? No, we can't. Okay. Um, but yeah, in this case, you can't say the word. Okay. Okay. Anyway, while watching the Nuggets game tonight, I saw something that I thought is in a similar vein. Is it just me, or is it super strange to wear a basketball jersey over a button-up dress shirt? You're the guy to go, just jersey or just dress shirt? Jersey over dress shirt is just whack, in my opinion. Anxious to hear your guys' opinion. Maybe I'm just being too critical. Appreciate your time and dedication, guys. You guys keep me going during the offseason. Look, let's say you're an executive working downtown. You've worked all day. Don't you dare. <laughs> you bring your jersey to work. What are you going to do? Change? If, you're, if you are going to bring a jersey to work... Then you can bring the rest of an outfit that doesn't make you look like a herb. I just feel like it a looks... A what? A herb. What's a herb? I've never heard that term. Exactly before. what you... Just the way I said it tells you exactly what it is. I mean, I, I'm of an older generation <laughs> that hears herb in regards to dressing and thinks of Herb Tarlick from WKRP in Cincinnati, who famously wore the most ridiculous plaid jackets and pants and of dressed course, outlandishly you know and tied Cincinnati. his tie in a weird Onassis knot from time to time. No, it sounds just, like he was a herb. It just uh, a lamo. Does that okay. make it easier? Yeah, I've never heard that term. Have you heard? Yes. herb. I would. I, I understood what Ryan was talking. Okay, about. what's the origin it. of this? Why are we calling this type of person a herb? I don't it's know. Kinda, it's another kinda term kinda like you could a, use is a Jerry. Yeah, Jerry? I, w- I would think uh, Jerry's kind of the younger generation of that. Herb, I would imagine, is like a, a very nerdy, out of touch dad. Yeah. Yeah. That would be me. I guess I'm a herb. <laughs> you're, 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 pretty in, you're pretty in touch. I just, it's it's the outfit version of a mullet, literally. You know, business underneath, party on top. <laughs> so you the, don't like mullets? The person uh, who I like when baseball players and hockey players have mullets. So athletes could do this. Athletes could wear a button up under their. Uh, I, I think hockey players only. I'm not sure about baseball. When Tulo had a mullet, it was fantastic. Is a Charlie herb, Blackman kind of has a mullet. Is a herb somebody who mismatches uh, gear, like wears New Balance shoes with Nike sweatshirt? Yes. <laughs> I'm not a look. Right now. If Nike pays me, I would be happy to go Nike head to toe. If New Balance paid too. me, like it's paying Kawhi, same thing. You should get that Kawhi New Balance sweatshirt <laughs> that says "Fun Guy" on it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, He's really going for the dad market, isn't Ka- isn't he? Isn't Kawhi? I just feel like I feel like it's like a it's a weird flex. It's like look, it's like I'm here at this basketball game, but I'm also a businessman. <laughs> it looks confused to me, like they don't really know what side. to Like take. I said, if you're bringing your jersey to work, throw a hoodie in there, some jeans and uh, some shoes, and just change in the bathroom at work. You know what jersey does work over like a business shirt? A hockey jersey. A hockey sweater. Then you can't really see the Well, shirt. no, exactly. But you see it at, at the draft. Like, you know, you'll have these kids. Uh, they're drafted. They're wearing a shirt and tie. And they put the sweater on. And it looks right. Yeah, it's yeah, still it weird better. for just a regular person to do that. I actually only wear jerseys with a hoodie underneath it. The basketball jersey is hard, too. It, I think it's the, it's the most difficult to pull off. It's all, if to me, it's, you can only pull it off with a hoodie. Or if you're just at the beach, sleeveless. Yeah. It's true. The hoodie's a good idea. The baseball base- jersey, also a hoodie. Basketball jersey, also a hoodie. But the, ba- I mean, football. The, the baseball jersey, if you wear it right, you can wear it in any number of situations, though. 
You can button, you know, whether you button it up, always leave the top button unbuttoned. Or you just go, you can just, if you're kind of going kind of casual fun, you can just wear an undershirt under a baseball jersey and leave it unbuttoned. When are you wearing a baseball jersey not casual and fun? That's it's like point. you're going by yourself and you're recording everything. I'd Look, I'd wear, if I could get away with it, I'd wear baseball jerseys out to Dove Valley every day <laughs> I was there. I mean, just, I literally have 10 Braves jerseys. Oh, my wow. gosh. I have one Rockies jersey. <laughs> Who? Uh, Freeland. That's a good one. I mean, I, I, Minor I, setback, major comeback, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I've got throwback jerseys. I've got, you know. What's your worst one? My worst Braves jersey that I have? Yep. Mm, well, it's hmm. a good question um, because I, I have a pretty high standard for what, uh, what players I buy. Um, have you burned any of them? Never. Well, that's good. I give it away. You know, I got a couple of Chipper Joneses. I got a, I got a, a Freddie couple, Freeman, wow. a Teddy, uh, uh, you know, a Terry Pendleton MVP, nineteen ninety one. A, I've got a, an Ozzy Albies, a Ronald Acuna, a Phil Necro, a Hank Aaron, and a couple of blank ones. Those That's insane, good. isn't it? <clears throat> yes, that you have blank jerseys. It is insane. <laughs> why? <laughs> I don't believe in the blank jersey. I don't either. That's why I really don't like college jerseys. Although I do have a blank Avs jersey, but I got it at a thrift event for like $15. So I have a blank Nordiques jersey that I wear when I go to Avs games. Is it wrong because it's blank or is it acceptable because it pays homage to the franchise's previous stop? It's a little bit better, but you could have just got Sackick on there. And then it would be cooler. <laughs> I bought it like at half price. Yeah, I didn't see, like have a choice. Just write, are, it with, just write it with tape. That's, but back. that's tacky. That's terrible. <laughs> no, it's literally tacky. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. I also have a, a blank uh, New England Whalers jersey from the 70s mm. and a blank Hartford Whalers jersey. You and, definitely uh, could never do a blank jersey. football jersey. Yeah, you can't do the blank football because jersey. Because it has the number on the front, I guess, is why you can't do that. You could do the double zero. Miles the mascot sort of deal. <laughs> yeah, you can't do a blank. Should Miles be yeah. fifty number fifty two eighty? Yeah, what, just look fifty two on the front and eighty body. on the back. Oh, there you that's go. What, that's how you do it. Oh, yeah. We just solved it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's called Miles for a reason. Yeah. I always thought the uh, junior miles should be called kilometers because the kilometers <laughs> no more than half. Why a mile. wouldn't we go? Why wouldn't we stay with our own system and just go with yards? Because yard or feet. Because yard, the yards would have to be really tiny. I, the mini miles is about half the size, and a kilometer is roughly half a mile. Why not millimiles? Like millimeters. millimeters. I was thinking like it's yards because it's like yards, like a couple yards tall. <laughs> but miles is not a couple of miles tall. No. That would be interesting though. Yeah, I, I suggest. What's it called? Miles Junior. Yeah, or mini miles. I suggested kilometers internally, and it got no traction. People didn't get it. <laughs> Sounds like there wasn't a lot of fun going on there when you would suggest things. I think, I Did think, any of your suggestions ever get implemented? No, I, I think my suggestions, I hate to say this, but I think my suggestions flew over a lot of people's heads. They're too highbrow. Yeah. Maybe that, you'd be better off in like the, uh, what's a highbrow, like in the polo community. Oh, your, yes. your ideas would stick. Oh, yes. Or what is it uh, on Frasier? Frasier and Niles would play squash. Of course. Yes. I remember that in from their, the in their, in, in their cardigans. <laughs> I'm surprised. I mean, you, you've taken in some older sitcoms. I took in Cheers. 
So Frasier is merely a spinoff of that. With a completely different tone and a completely different style of humor. That's what's interesting. It was, it was a... It was a spinoff that was very far afield in terms of tone from the original. What about, like, remember when there was a show called, like, Joey? That was just Joey from Friends? Yes. Was it, did you ever catch that one? Was it, I watched one episode. On it I don't think it sucked. really worked, did it? Yeah. Friends no. didn't really work all that well either for me, but that's... Whoa. I'm not a Friends Hot guy. <laughs> Friends is overrated, but it's still good. Seinfeld is much better. I would agree with you if I had seen Seinfeld. I'm sure of it. Friends had a laugh track, right? We know you don't like laugh tracks. Yeah, I couldn't get into it. Do you like Curb Your Enthusiasm? Oh, love it. If you like Curb, you'll like Se- then you'll like Seinfeld. I mean, I've seen but, episodes of Seinfeld that I like. Right. I just can't call it better because I haven't seen it through. So how do you feel about Curb, Zach? Because you said you don't like a laugh track, and Curb doesn't have a laugh track. I've never heard of Curb. You've never heard of what? Curb Your Enthusiasm? No. I would have thought it was a movie. Oh. <laughs> There's literally a season going on right now, Zach. Right. What channel? HBO. HBO. Oh. Yeah, that would be why. No. I thought it was an old-timer. You should watch it. It's okay. really good. Okay. No laugh track. I can get behind it. Yeah. If there's a, it, The music is essentially the laugh track. <laughs> it's, it's all production music, too. Like, yeah. It's all from production libraries that they just find. So good. Even the theme is. So like, you can go to a – you can just download – you can just buy the theme off a of production library for cheap. It's pretty great. Yeah. All right, next one here is from the Big Tabowski. Comment for Albino Reno. In English, the proper stuff, not this American thing you guys have created, we pronounce albino as albino anyway. So it's correct. It's read correctly to me. See, I, I sh- knew I was just being. I was just doing that for our. They call rhinos there. Renos too. <laughs> <laughs> no, they I, they don't. But what I should do next time I go over to the fishing chip shop over on South Broadway, they have a thing on the wall by the the bar that sort of mocks the difference in American pronunciations and English pronunciations. Mm. I should take a picture of that for Big Tabowski. He'd appreciate it. <laughs> uh, anyways, he says, shouldn't we get Congress to change the official U.S. language of the U- the official language of the U.S. to American? I must say, I'm shocked that you haven't done this already. What are your thoughts on this, fellas? It seems like it would matter to you more than it would matter to us, so why would our Congress change it? Yeah, it I also like think shot at us. I also think there are way too many people in this country who do think the language is American, if you ask them, rather than English. <laughs> You're probably right. Yeah, and they probably think the language of Mexico is Mexican. Exactly. <laughs> the United States of America is many things. Smart, it is not. Wow. Dan Burke says, just me spitballing here. Very likely that Stephon Diggs will be available this offseason. Vikes probably won a one or a two, but considering the deep receiver class, his contract, which is below market value but still not a cheap player, and some potential locker room problems, then it's just not realistic. How about we throw in the third and fourth we get from the Sanders trade and then add Deshaun? Vikes will need to add depth at receiver, specifically slot receiver, and Deshaun was drafted in 2018 when Coops had a front office role with the Broncos. So there's some familiarity there with the Minnesota coaching staff. Deshaun just spent the season in a similar offense to what Coops is running, so there won't be a steep learning curve. And he's one of the better run-blocking receivers that we know how they tried to intend to run the ball there. What do y'all think? Well, my the first thing that goes to my mind when reading this is if you have to make a multi-paragraph argument for why another team should take your player, he's just probably not that enticing of a player. My thing is, how come no one ever? How come no one in the comments ever uh, proposes a trade that would suck for the Broncos? <laughs> and that's the thing; it takes two to tango. 
Cortland Sutton for for Stefan Diggs. Yeah, no. Um, I just if you could do that, of course you would. Third and a fourth, and Deshaun for Stefan Diggs. Now you have Stefan Diggs and Cortland Sutton. Everyone takes this deal. <laughs> yes, I agree. And if you're Minnesota, if you're a Minnesota fan, what do you think of that deal? You'd be like, we got host. Yeah, you'd have to go to this comment section to find out everything about Deshaun Hamilton. That's true. The Big Tabowski just skimming through the comments. This could be a breakthrough we need, people. I think we've got it, and I think we've gone and done it. <clears throat> Give yourselves a big pat on the back. It looks like we might have finally got to a day without us debating which ordinarily associated mealtime s- sustenance is applicable to all three major meals. Well done, all. The Big T. Guess what I had for breakfast? Eggs. Chicken and waffles. Cereal. Think a little harder. Pop tarts. Think a little harder about this conversation that this commenter is referring to. So oh, you had a peanut waffles? butter and jelly sandwich. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Goodness gracious. From Super Bowl and hometown week, baby. Looks like it's going to be a doozy. He's talking about The Bachelor. Oh, is that what's coming up? Hometowns, yep. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I caught up a little bit last night. I saw Peter broke his face pretty much oh you are way behind yeah son. I'm, I'm an episode and a half back well now two and a half his i'm already his face is already healed where i'm watching oh no way yeah the 22 stitches it heals like that yep how many are these that was one of the most ridiculous <laughs> things i've ever seen in my life how many episodes are there per week of this show depends one to two so between three and five hours a week two and five hours a week it gets such good ratings that they can literally just decide at any point like oh we're having a show on wednesday too and they'll just cancel whatever they're gonna have on wednesday you know where this is headed it sounds like is five nights a week of the bachelor that's what happened with this podcast (laughs) (laughs) oh man and when he's telling the girls a story of how he cut his face and you believe him once he said, once he said, Puma, come on. I couldn't uh, believe the girls were still believing him. Yeah, me too. <laughs> the video of this is one of the most ridiculous. Mace, he's sitting into a golf cart. Yeah. I need your eyes. <laughs> he's sitting into a golf cart and hits his head on the golf cart. But somehow, as a reaction to hitting his head on the golf cart, he smashes a glass on his face. Shatters the glass, has twenty two stitches. He, wait, is he holding a so glass? He's holding a glass, yeah. he's trying to sit like sit down into a golf cart, hits his head on the side of the golf cart, and then just like <laughs> flinches and smashes the glass into his forehead. Has this been gift yet? I'm sure, yeah. Oh, it has to Bachelor be. Bachelor Twitter is lit. <laughs> I mean yeah. Did you see what um really changing subjects really quickly here? Did you see Lindsay, do you know who Lindsay Horan is? Yeah. Did you yeah. see what she did at the Nuggets game last night? No. So you know how they do the celebrity first shot? Yeah. She bounced it and kicked it in. No way. First try. No way. Yes. Wow. That's incredible. I know. That may be the most difficult shot. It's crazy. She should like be at the All-Star game or something. <laughs> yes. For that. Which is, is it this weekend? This weekend, yeah. Wow, they don't get that long of a break. Uh, prepare for, if you follow anything on NBA Twitter, prepare for just tons of complaints about how cold Chicago is. It's supposed to be the coldest weekend of the year in Chicago. Oh. And that's where the all-star game is. Brilliant. Good job. Good <laughs> job, Chicago. It's too fuzzy to be a good GIF. I just oh, found yeah, well, yeah, it's, it is fuzzy. It's, it's a security, security footage. Yeah. But how is your reaction when you hit your head <laughs> to 
throw your right hand towards your face. And, and he well, was sitting down into this golf cart. It's not like he was running and like, like and like he had to go back. He, well, as I'm seeing this, and I just want to break this down slowly here, the head kind of snaps to the right. But how? And he, he so was sitting. No, he's about to sit. He's starting to sit down. Let me show you here, Zach. Oh, oh I saw. He's back of the golf cart. Yep. Watch. He's sitting down, and then boom, the head kind of jerks down to the right, and then the arm jerks up. So it's just a reaction thing? I guess. And then also, like, the glass was still whole when it hit his face. Did the, the follow-through get, like, a shard? You know? <laughs> yeah. Cause, like, if you hit your head on, like, the edge of a glass, it's not going to cut you open. Yeah. So, like, he shattered it right. and then so, kept going. <laughs> right. Oh, man. I, I, I honestly was hoping one of the girls is going to be like, I can't handle a guy with a scar on his face. See ya. Well, I All saw right. as I looked this up, I saw that people are doing the Harry Potter memes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Bachelor Twitter is fantastic. The memes are incredible. Uh, he Super Bowl goes on. Very serious debate went on last night between Bad188 and I in regards to flying. Well, this is uh, pertinent to me because I'm flying today. He says, while I know seats are given the feature to recline, do you recline them? From my perspective, it doesn't really, it doesn't literally give you that much extra room and it makes life awful for the person behind you. I'm tall already, so I barely fit in seats. When someone reclines, my knee gets stuck in the back of the seat. I, uh oh, the look on Zach's face <laughs> looks like it's going to piss me off. I am firmly, firmly on Super Bowl inside here. You do not recline your seat. Not Unless ever. Unless there's no one behind you. Not or, ever. Or and a it, child. And it came up. I know Sage Rosenfels, the former NFL backup quarterback on Twitter, was saying he's on team recline. But it came up because you had this guy who was sitting in the back row. Of course, the back row <laughs> yeah. seat doesn't it recline. Was, yeah. And the lady in front of him reclined. And so he just started hitting the so, chair so what he did over and he, over He again. just took his, his two fists, put them up against the chair, and just started vibrating <laughs> them for like maybe the whole flight. Here's what you have to do sometimes is – if, and you've got to be quick, and you have to assume that the passenger in front of you follows the rules. Now, if they don't follow the rules and they just tilt the seat back whenever, then you're toast. But if they wait until they say, okay, you can recline your seat now. Put your hand. Or <laughs> you get your laptop out, you put the screen up, and then they try, to, they, they try to recline, and then they run into the top of the laptop. And I've, I've done this a couple of oh, times, I'm and you can wait. see that they're kind of frustrated. Why isn't the seat going down? I've got my screen up. Sorry, that too bad, so like sad. I got to work. That sounds like way too much of a gamble I to me. I <laughs> once got into an hour battle over this. On a flight? Just, I had, I put my, the way I sleep on flights is I put my head on the, tr I put my arms on the tray and my head on my arms. And so my head is already kind of touching the back of the seat well the woman in front of me started to recline but my head was already there so i was able to like hold it in place <laughs> with my head and she just throwing her <laughs> throwing back throwing back and i just kept my head there steadfast <laughs> this went on for so long that literally by the time the battle was over they were like all right we are uh beginning our descent into oh like please bring gosh. your trade tables up <laughs> and i was like and I, and I felt like i won i think you did yeah. was your head okay not really. Yeah. It, you know when you just have like, you know when your hair is like pushed the wrong way yeah. and then you have like a little sore spot on yeah. your head? It was like that for like a day. I just but. don't understand the big appeal to recline the seat because it goes back. I, I Sometimes I don't even know if my seat's reclined or not. <laughs> yeah, like when I so sit down. And, and same with like the person in front of me. I don't know if they're reclined or not. It's so minuscule. 
Honestly, oh, plane should oh, probably oh, just make oh, all seats reclined. It is not minuscule. Or not reclined. Especially when you're trying to work. This is a true story. Uh, my first year with the Broncos in 02, former Nine News sports anchor Tony Zarella was sitting in the seat in front of me. On Damn, the I was hoping this was going to be a Drew Stoyser story. <laughs> and... I was trying to work, but he was a you know he he was an amply proportioned fellow and a tall guy, and he's like, well, I need I need to put my seat back, and I'm like, well, I need to work, and I can't work if you're putting your seat back. Oh, it was basically it was from, a cold war all season. It's, it matters from the person in the back, yes, but it doesn't really get you that much extra comfort for the person whose seat is reclining. Yeah. The the good thing is I just fly Frontier, and they don't even cry anymore. <laughs> there you go. Um, Where did we they also don't really have tray tables too on Frontier? He says, second question: Is there such thing as unassigned assigned seats? I don't know what that means. In terms of on flights? flights? No. No, I mean Southwest does it where you don't have a seat. What do you is think that unassigned of the, assigned uh, seats? What do you think of the Southwest formula? Best, it's the best thing. I agree by far. Yeah, and if you want to make sure that you get an early boarding thing, you just pay twenty bucks. Oh, to me, you get to choose, even if you are in the last group, you get to pick your poison of who you're sitting by. Oh, right. And that's important to me. Right. Because if you get stuck on a middle seat on assigned seats, you never know what could be next to you. Yep. Even if you're taking a middle seat on Southwest, you get to choose who you're sitting in between. And that's where maybe you have to have some tactics. Like, for example, let's say... You know, with the coronavirus thing going around, perhaps you decide to wear a mask on the flight. Oh, and, and then and no one will sit by no you. No one will sit by you unless they have to because they're going to think you're sick. In that, case, in that scenario, do you sit in the middle seat and so no one sits by you? And if it's not a full flight, then you just have the full row to yourself? No, because someone would still say, ooh, aisle, ooh, window. I want that. Mm, the other thing true. on Southwest that I like, not all window seats are created equal because of the position, positioning of the windows. So one reason I like to fly Southwest is I can always pick a row where I've got the perfect amount of space with where the window is located so I don't have to put my <laughs> seat back, but I can kind of drift back into the window a little bit, get a little extra room, and relax. That is a pro flyer right there. Yeah, I, I am Team Southwest all the way when it comes to flying. Also, um, if you are a single guy and, like, you sit in the um, aisle and then a girl comes and sits in, in your aisle, that's essentially an icebreaker. If, as long as she sits in the, the middle seat, right? Well, no, if you're sitting on the aisle and she's opposite the, across the aisle, right? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying if you're sitting in the aisle and she comes into your row. Right. Then that's like you're like oh okay all right, but not if she but she she's turning it down if she goes all the way to the window. Well, though. she's not gonna sit in the middle right now. I mean that's <laughs> a dead giveaway. But then how is it an icebreaker if you have to be talking over well, someone? You assume, this is a uh, this is a hypothetical flight I'm oh, creating. Oh okay okay There's, okay. It's a, it's a light flight. No one's sitting <laughs> in the middle. There. It's true that that's like Bumble right there. She just chose you. She right, reached she out. Right. She swiped right. Yep. Now you gotta. <laughs> and she started the conversation. Exactly. <laughs> Um, who's got the next three one? for Mr. B. Oh, okay. Fourth question. Can somebody convince my girlfriend that getting a Basset hound is not in the cards? Like ever. We're either getting a cane Corso or Adobe. Don't he actually said that. a bassist hound, which sounds awesome <laughs> to me. The dog that plays bass. The dog that both. <laughs> both. <laughs> it was the standard poodle that won at the Westminster Kennel Club dog show this week. Took best in show again. Yep. 
I was enamored with the golden retriever, though. Yeah, everyone was. What was his Obviously. name? Drew or something? Yeah, my, my, my daughter loved that golden Drew. in the dog show. I love, love golden retrievers. Oh, doesn't everyone? I mean, they love humans. Clearly not the uh, Westminster dog show judges. Oh, that's true. Well, it made it to the finals, to the final round, so did pretty well Fair if you're enough. getting into that final group. Um, do you have a dog, Zach? Nope. No oh, dog. yeah, you're a cat guy. Yeah, I'm a cat. I, I, ever, I like dogs. Would you ever get a dog? Yeah, absolutely. Will. Will at some point. What, won't they torment your cats? Once. No, my cats are my cats are pretty big. They, oh my God. <laughs> they won't put up with that. They'll be the boss. Um, what kind of dog would you want? Uh, an athletic one. Great answer. <laughs> so like a greyhound? No, no, no. Just like something to take on runs. Really okay. can be so open. So something like medium size. That's yeah, what I want. You don't want to say something long. meaty. <laughs> I was like, wow. Some coronavirus stuff here. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce this next one. Broncomaniac? Uh, Broncomaniac UK. Oh, maniac. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I thought initially. <laughs> Broncomaniac UK. Interesting conversation about choosing English Premier Team Premier League team to follow. Ryan, if you want a team with a bird connection, you have three choices. Norwich City, the Canaries. Norwich. 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 Norwich City, the Canaries. They're at the foot of the table and will be regu- relegated. I'm out on them. Crystal Palace, the Eagles. They are nothing more than, than average and can tend to be a yo-yo team. Okay. There's some character there. The problem is, as I put point out this morning, RK, you know how they have the designs on seats in the stands? Like, they have the Bronco logo for Yeah, I didn't understand your contention. Okay. If you look where it says Eagles in the lower level behind the goal, it says Eagles, and then there's an, a section that has an exclamation point. Uh-huh. Yeah. I hate that. I hate exclamation points. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Jake Jarmel from Seinfeld. I don't like exclamation As you points. Say I was literally just going to say that sounds like it would be a line in Seinfeld. <laughs> there's a whole episode about this. It's one of my favorites. I like the exclamation point. It's a good way to ease I tension love, in a text thread. I love exclamation points. Yeah. And I hate, I, I can, I don't like exclamation points. I hate double exclamation points. I don't You use, never need more than one. I ever. rarely use an exclamation point on Twitter. No. At least in a tweet. Okay. And, but it could be made in a response, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, Crystal Palace. This is the name of a place. Actually. Like, it, Crystal Palace seems like it would be the name of the stadium. Right, no, badass. It's That'd been be a cool stadium name. Yeah, the uh, the Savorsky Crystal Palace. Yes. <laughs> well, there's a long history with Crystal Palace, the name in England. Originally, it was in Hyde Park. It was pl- it was cast iron and plate glass. What was the original <laughs> Crystal Palace? Oh, an actual thing. There was actually a Cry- building called the Crystal Palace. Oh, okay. okay, so the Crystal Palace. They, that a building got a whole soccer team named after it? Well, this building was built in 1954. Now, I'm taking this straight off of Wikipedia. A reliable after, source for all things. Yeah. After, after the Great Exhibition of 1851, yep. it was, the Crystal Palace was relocated to an area of South London and rebuilt. It stood there until a fire burned it down in 1936. The nearby residential area was renamed Crystal Palace 
including a Crystal Palace Park, which was home of the Crystal Palace National Sports Center. And then Crystal Palace Football Club was founded on the site. So it was named basically after the neighborhood, the area. This is uh, very intriguing to me. The Crystal Palace Eagles is one of the coolest names ever. Yeah, and cool logo as well. And But he says your best bet is Tottenham Hotspur Spurs, who, and, who, em, whose emblem is a proud cockerel rooster. Yeah, but they can't fly. Yeah. Yeah. Hardly a bird. Well, they call the logo the cock and ball. Wow. <laughs> this is the team that nearly won the Champions League last year, has played in Europe for several consecutive seasons, and owns the new stadium where NFL games are being played, one of the best new stadiums in the world. Also, the probable venue of the possible Broncos-Falcons game. Whenever you do, please do not choose Arsenal. Spurs bitter North London rivals. So we have one vote for Arsenal and one vote against Arsenal. I hate, in this. I'm sorry to our Arsenal supporter, but I definitely lean Spurs over Arsenal. Man, that stadium is so cool, too. I know. They have a place. Their their bird connection, though, isn't going to be what what leads me to uh, to go there. Also, Tottenham Hotspur, the, 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 the habit of singing Always Look on the Bright Side of Life from Monty Python. That's a point in their column, too. All right. I like, I like this game. I will choose eventually. Next one is from 940 Bronco. Hey, all, I definitely believe that Fangio will have the success this year necessary to stay and continue to lead this team. <laughs> Zach is losing it over something he saw on TV. It's Did you good. see that? Yes. Vernon Davis, like, fake crying. Wait, he was fake crying? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was real. I thought it was real, too. <laughs> also, I was like, that guy looks so familiar. And Vernon Davis, realize it was legendary Davis. Bronco oh, Vernon yeah. Davis. Started ring. in Super Bowl 50. He's got just as many rings as Andrew Mason, right? Yeah. Yep. Gary Kubiak did him a favor. Oh, you went back to your old stadium? Look at the starting lineup. I realized wow. yesterday that um, Tad Boyle has as many losing seasons as Mel Tucker did. Wow. That's amazing. Did you tweet that? Uh, I, I think someone did. Okay. I'll check before uh, before I let that one just fade <laughs> into the world. Um, okay, this 940 Bronco says he believes that uh, – he says, I was having a, s- a discussion with a friend about the Broncos offseason. He believed that Denver going for offensive talent in the draft and defense mostly in free, ag- free agency was a mistake. He said that going youth on offense is extremely dangerous and would be better to invest in veteran offensive players and stock – the defensive side with young talent. Ask the Chiefs about going with youth on offense. <laughs> Thoughts. Also, it was real cool hearing about how y'all got started. As a former aspiring sports journalist who's in a similar position to Zach and RK, it's cool, it's cool hearing that y'all were able to make it. Ed, well, just keep going. Keep pl- plugging away. Uh, appreciate, appreciate the love. From Project Pat 801. Well, real quick on the um, youth thing. Uh, obviously, if you're too young on offense, it can be a problem. But... Eventually, then you don't become young, and then you're ready to go. Here's something that helps with that, too. They have the oldest coaching staff in the league. They they said we're going, maybe. They have the What young- I'm saying is that I don't know if that helps, that there's a massive <laughs> gap between the age of the players and the coaches. But I think that may be the way they're viewing it, Yes, is we have so much inexperience, but we're going to load the coaching staff with experience. But then there's the other side of there's a 40-year difference between some of the between most of these guys. It's pretty crazy. Two of my favorite candidates for the CU job are nearly half the age of Vic Fangio. That's wild. Really wild. In their 30s. Huh? In the, they're in their 30s. Yeah. Yep. The top, my two favorites are 34. Wow. Vic at 61? Yep. Crazy. Uncle Vic. 
Grandpa Vic, potentially. <laughs> Project Pat 801. Guys, imagine if the NFL and XFL could work out some sort of partnership where they function si- similarly. We did this one. <laughs> did, did we? Not this comment, oh, but someone oh. else re- uh, recommended this. Oh, right. To the EPL, where the bottom four NFL teams are regulated, and the to the XFL, and the top four teams are promoted to the NFL in those places. So I think the, the difference here is four teams. Did you it's say like that they regulated? Yeah, he meant relegated. relegated. Yeah. Tough word. Regulate. I might Down. Boom. <laughs> Keep going, Mace. I'm good. <laughs> I don't even know what that was. I think you were doing regulators. Yeah. Is that what you were going for? Yeah. Or you could do that renegade song. That's close. That's rene- yeah, renegade. Renegade. That's hey. a stick. Man, I Or the, the, the old like stick song. song they How play does the it. riff go in renegade? The what? Dun 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 dun. You'll hear that in Pittsburgh next season. That's that's where it's big. Because it came up. Remember the Chargers? The Chargers played it. Song called Renegade. Yeah. Oh, the one that they play in Jeep commercials. Oh, I was thinking the one they play in Pittsburgh that the Chargers decided was a good idea to play at a home game against the Steelers, and all the Steelers fans got jacked up. So stupid. (laughs) Goodness gracious. Anyways, I just we just know that the NFL owners aren't going to live in a world where they lose money for being bad. Right. It's a great idea. Look, in theory, I would love it. I'd love nothing more than promotion and relegation in the NFL. It's not happening. Someone asked me what the XFL in terms of competition is equivalent to, and they said NFL, and I said, no, 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 not not even close. And they said college? No, no, no. Like, how does it compare to college in terms of, like, competition, in terms of how good they are? I think they would compare. The best XFL team would compete well with the better college football teams. With a Clemson or Alabama? I mean, you're taking the best players from college that didn't make it to the NFL. So, And a lot of those players are coming from big college programs anyway because, I mean, Clemson, Alabama, they have a handful of stars, but they also have, they also have a good chunk of starters that are if they get to the NFL, are fringe players that would be in the XFL. I, look, I think if you took the best – I think if you took an average XFL team and put them against Alabama, the XFL team would win. I don't, actually. I think I – But think, I think it's because yeah. Alabama is better coached. Okay, so what about mm. Clemson? Clemson, I think, also is better coached. LSU? Uh, the, so yeah, di- the, way, the, the way I view it, I think the top teams in college would beat XFL teams, but then I think XFL teams Well, win. I think also the one thing with Clemson in particular – you'd be taking a team that had Trevor Lawrence, who should be a very good NFL quarterback. And even though the XFL team across the board would be better, more mature, Clemson would have the better player at the most important position. And that's what might be the difference between those two. Alabama without Tua, I would say, the XFL team is going to beat Alabama. Okay, fair. The quarterback is the cheat code. Low Country Bronco says, Morning, boys. I've heard talk that Philip Lindsay might be training with Christian McCaffrey this offseason in order to improve his catching ability. In year one, it seemed like Lindsay was fine catching passes. Do you think that Flacco's dreadful play was mostly to blame for the lack of proficiency last season? It seems like Phil may be concerned about his role in Shermer's offense. Also, in this offense, are we looking to shear up pass protection or improve the run game more with more athletic linemen? I feel like wide receiver and offensive tackle are inevitable in this draft. Lastly, do you know when you'll be getting the Philip Lindsay t-shirts uh, back in size medium? If you can't tell, he's my favorite Bronco. 
signed low country bronco uh if you want to find out when something will be back in stock email merch at the dnvr.com and they should be able to give you an idea in really quick low country bronco because for some reason this philip Lindsay christian mccaffrey training together has been talked about a lot the past two weeks but philip Lindsay talked about this and i think we talked about this at the very end of the season so so this isn't new this isn't because of pat Shermer coming in when philip Lindsay said that he he's going to reach out to christian mccaffrey about potentially training with him uh he did that when rich gangarello was still the 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 coordinator um so this isn't in because he's afraid he may lose his job to pat Shermer. so that that's just important to to keep in mind the next one here comes in from big tony he says what is this that i'm hearing about chris Harris retweeting a video of which that had him going to the Chiefs. I told you it's working. <laughs> I'm done. That was the final straw for me. Just retweeting something regarding the Chiefs in that aspect is disrespect in itself and a total slap in the face, in my opinion. The dude basically robbed the Broncos of an extra $3 million last year and then went on to have the worst season of his career. I'll take contention with that point later. If he doesn't have pride and passion for orange and blue anymore, I don't even want him in the locker room. You would think that he would want to be part of bringing the team that gave him a chance in this league back to relevance. But for him to do this right as we're on the brink of blowing up the league, yeah, we don't need players like that. I want players who want to be Broncos and look forward to the challenge. I want winners, not cowards. Instead, he's taking the KD route. How does the saying go? If you can't beat them, join them, right? Uh, Isn't that how the sports world seems to be working these days? Just take the easy way out, right? What a chump he's turned out to be. I can't wait to watch him get juked out by Judy. Yes, I'm hoping he falls or we trade up. And Moss by Sutton twice a year. Block his number, Elway. Let him go to KC. I don't care. Let this rivalry get revved up to another level. Let's effing go. Someone is pumped. Big Tony is pumped. And Big Tony, you, you really hit my heart when you said go the KD route. Man, I couldn't stand I still can't stand KD because he did that. So, uh, man, if that's how it's going to be viewed, I'll totally understand. Yeah, although KD was arguably the best basketball player in the world, and Chris Harris Jr. is just a very good cornerback. And I guess there was a little more to KD because he literally got beat by the Warriors in the playoffs and they hold just, on to a 3-1 to lead. He joined them after they had the best season in NBA history. <laughs> I, I would say that Chris going to the Chiefs is more like uh, – Chris Bosch being kind of the, the third leg on the stool of uh, LeBron and Dwayne Wade in Miami. Right. I mean, even then, uh, he's not as relevant as Chris Bosch was. Chris Harris Jr.? Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, but this is, this, is, this is what Chris wants, although not he's this going, one. He's going so far. I know. He's going so far. So, and you think it's all a play just to get to the Broncos? I think it's part of it, yeah. I mean, I don't think that means he's not going to ever go to the Chiefs. But I'm saying, like, he knows that, that he can get everything stirred up by doing this. I, I, he's doing a good job, clearly. Yep. Broncos Girl 723 says, here's my pro tip. Ignore RK's pro tip on the Ubers because DNVR family members such as myself depend on supply and demand for a living. Or you could just make it up in a tip in the end, and that's fine with me as Ninja Turtle as your driver. Still love you, RK. As much as I want to support you, it's just like $40 for an Uber to also wait for a while while you're in traffic trying to get to the Pepsi Center just doesn't make sense to me. So I'll just make it up for you with the tip after I wait for the traffic to pass, wait for the surge to go down, and have a Breck Brew. It's hard to beat. 
Fair to say. Sir James Radio. While we're on the subject of active players' jerseys, I'd like to share my story of how I learned the hard way that Mace is right on active players and how I am more or less a Denver curse. 07, my champ jersey is pretty worn out. Jay Cutler is the future. I want to get his jersey traded. 08, okay, well, Brandon Marshall is my favorite Bronco. I'll get his jersey traded. 09, Peyton Ellis is a machine. Can't miss with this one. Traded. 10, oh, man, Tebow. Definitely got to get that. Traded. 11, I really like Eddie Royal. I'll get his jersey. Leaves via free agency. 12, I'll get a Duberville jersey. Released due to Asian incompetence. 13, I'll just buy a bunch of jerseys from this Chinese website. One of them is bound to hit. Julius Thomas leaves via free agency. Wesley Woodyard leaves via free agency. Demarius Thomas hit. Wes Welker hit. Question mark. Vaughn home run. That was the final year I bought a jersey, although I was gifted a Lindsay jersey for Christmas. Let's hope he can break my curse. <laughs> Yikes. Sounds like Vaughn broke your curse and DT. But yeah. it was all but was the Philip Lindsay jersey a Chinese. legitimate one or was it from this Chinese <laughs> website? That's the thing. I think the, the theme of it is based on what he's saying, I can imply that he was buying the 07 through 12 jerseys from legitimate means, and the 13 jerseys were bought in bulk from a Chinese website. Right, right. So we haven't tested it yet. Uh-oh. If Philip Lindsay is a Nike, authentic, officially licensed jersey. We'll find out. Mr. Undrafted says, if we do cut Brandon McManus, who do you think they would bring in? And is that savings worth the money? It would be... Probably somebody from the the draft. Someone from the yeah. XFL or a young a young kicker, possibly XFL. Bring back Taylor Bertolet. <laughs> hey, <laughs> um, tiny guy. Yeah, big arms though. Um, <laughs> Huge arms. He has like a Jano thing going on, <laughs> kicker Jano. Um, what's the XFL deal after? Are those guys all on one year contracts? Yeah, and. Uh, it doesn't sound like they're going to have many roadblocks for guys going to the NFL after the season. Now they're committed to the XFL for the season. So probably the probably the kicker that would jump out from this college class would be a Rodrigo Blankenship from Georgia. Hopefully he doesn't. The guy with the glasses. Blankenship the scoreboard. Mm. Bad. <laughs> But hopefully he knows Rodrigo up in Chico. <laughs> <laughs> then he's set. <laughs> For Mr. Undrafted. Oh, miss, you just got that one. From Italiano Bronco. I have some real agita. Agita. Today, agita. We, fellas. It means heartburn. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, looked it up. Yeah. Uh, with hearing that Chris Harris is rumored to be going to the Chiefs. See, the, <laughs> see what I mean? What the F is up with that? Is this real or a game trying to con the Broncos into ponying up more money? Bring on Byron Jones or Logan Ryan. It's just he's just trying to get everyone worked up and it's I, working. I think it's real. I think he wants to go there. With LaVisca's new diagnosis, I'm not trying to say that. Ostatitis pubis, <laughs> inflammation of the pubic bone. Doesn't that just sound awful? Yeah. <laughs> Does this concern you guys? Maybe he can even drop more in the draft? I'm not a doctor. Just a licensed massage therapist, but it does seem like something that is manageable with proper self-care. Yeah, I have no idea. Is that how concerning is that? I, I, I don't think even, surgery is required, so that's helpful. I don't even know. I, I didn't know even hear this is. honestly. I just heard that he wasn't. But that, have to but have that's the, isn't that yeah. the last place that you want inflammation? 
Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I wasn't sure what he was talking about when he was talking about self-care. <laughs> I wasn't either. <laughs> is there a reason why there is some inflammation? Oh, my God. He goes, do you think we can trade some of our draft capital to try and acquire Stefan Diggs maybe for a second round? There is a real theme in the comments today. You're either mad about Chris Harris or you want Stefan Diggs. Yep. Um, then try to combine some later picks to move back up. I know his diva personality is a concern, but when he was with Shermer, I don't remember being much of an issue. Being 26 and under contract for four more years, this would give the Broncos a win-now option, instant depth, and time to be able to develop a young receiver from this draft. Just a thought. So a second-round pick. Would you guys do it? Yes. I'd think about it. I mean, I, I'm fine with Stephon Diggs. I just look at this receiver class and say, okay, I think you can find someone who in a year is the equivalent of Stephon Diggs for a lot cheaper. Would it be crazy to draft Henry Ruggs in the first, trade your second for Stephon Diggs, and you're paying him $15 million as well? Nope. How would that look? Cortland Sutton, Stephon Diggs, Henry Ruggs, Noah Fant, Cortland Lock, Sutton. Philip Lindsay. Well, don't forget, Cortland Sutton's bill is going to come due here in the next two years. Yeah, that's fine. Deal with that when it comes. Yeah. I'm sure that <laughs> Stephon Diggs comes off the books sometime around then. Yeah. Broncos fan in NYC has the last one here. Saw some headlines about the Lions looking to trade Matt Stafford. Throw that. Take throw this uh, into the themes of today. Yep. Would you take a straight-up Matt Stafford-Drew Locke swap? I don't think so. It's good. Would John Elway? I don't, know. I don't know how the Broncos feel about Drew Locke. <laughs> I think John would. I think John would. I. Boy, that's tough. I don't think I would. I don't think I would. I like Drew. I'm sick of going for the short-term solutions. Just go with the kid, trust him, see where he goes. Cost control quarterback. Just just do it. Stop messing around. He says if you answered yes, what's the most you would be willing to give up for Stafford? Von Miller and a first? Locke and a first? I wouldn't do that. No. no. Would you trade Von in a first? Well, no, because you have Drew Locke. Never mind. No. Uh, I personally think Stafford would be good enough to realistically win a Super Bowl with the Broncos, but I think I'd gamble on Locke for the potential to be a perennial contender. Kind of exactly my thoughts as well. Yep, it's fair. All right, that wraps it up for us today on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Real quick, a shout-out to Davidson's, who has two locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch. They're locally owned, and they have a massive selection uh, to carry out your personal favorite Breckenridge brews, and they offer delivery to your door. Make sure you download their app today for incredible deals and sign up for their loyalty program. If you're really lazy, they'll just bring the booze right to your house. It's pretty great, and they also have free tastings on Friday from 3 to 6 and Saturdays from 1 to 4, so make sure you go check those out tomorrow. But for tonight, I must say, roll tad, go Buffs, eat Oregon. And we'll talk to you guys later. It's getting-